This program is a collaboration of personal opinions and individual free thought. It does not represent the views or narrative of the mainstream corporate media hacks. Viewer discretion is advised. And here we go. Live from the Bell Tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the live version of the Break the Bell Podcast. I am here, and Bill is not here, but he is here. It's a different Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my special guest to the show. That is, okay, the music just died immediately, but that's all right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our special guest to the show, Drunk Bill. Drunk Bill, how are you? Drunk Bill, you are muted. Hang on. Well, while Bill figures out his microphone, Bill, just keep figuring out your mic and talking. I cannot hear you, but um, you you look great. You look great right there, so... uh, (laughs) We had you for a second. Um, unmute yourself. Anyways, I'm just going to let, let Bill keep pretending to talk in the background while I continue this this uh, intro vi- uh, to, to the show. We are live. Uh, this is Monday night special show. The, the, the crazy part about the show is that me and Bill are both on vacation separately. My vacation just happens to be here at home. His vacation is drunk somewhere else. Let's see if I can get Can you hear out. me now? I got you. Hello, Bill. Woo! Welcome, Drunk yeah! Bill, to the show. Woo! Hallelujah. Like, like I was saying, we are both currently on vacation from our jobs. The difference is I am at home and sober, and you are not at home, and you are not sober. I, I am quite buzzed. You're okay. not you're on vacation this week? I, I Yeah, I took the whole week off. Did you really? Yeah, I was just like, you know, fuck it. I just want to take the whole week off. <laughs> No I, shit. I last week, early last week, I texted my boss and I was like, you know what? Um, it's been a. I mean, we've been really busy and we're not really busy, and I just want to take the week off next week. And he's like, oh, was it something I did? And I was like, no, I just, I just don't want to work. I just <laughs> yes, want to fuck. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it, it, it's all you. <laughs> but no, I just want a, a week off. And so, yeah, I took the week off, and here I am sitting at my house, and there you are, laying in bed. You were. Yeah. You're like reminiscent of Remzo Martinez, who always likes to podcast from his bed somewhere. He does, doesn't he? Yes. Shit. So how's it going, oh, Bill? Man. How 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 are you doing out there? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I've had like I calculated it. I've had like eight rums and like uh, four beers, so I'm good. In that specific order, or or no, it was like it was like it was like um, let's see, or, or all at one in rums. one giant fishbowl. Yes. Three rums, four beers, and then I, I had like five more rums. That does oh that doesn't math and it add up at all to what you originally no. said. No, I don't think so. You're drunk. And the best part is your your connection's a little glitchy, so um it makes you sound that much more drunk, so it's great. But <laughs> we're gonna well, have, whatever helps, man. Yes, we're gonna power whatever. through this one. 
Yeah. So, Bill, you, you were know, you were tasked with preparing tonight's show. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you did all the you work. Should you should come where I'm at, man. Come up to Okoboji. Bring the fam. Yeah, I'll be there in about five minutes. <laughs> I'll just pack it up and drive. <laughs> so, so you said you are ready for this show. Uh, you you took the notes, right? I I put that on you since I, I'm on vacation. I think so, man. We'll we'll power through it. Do like you, we always do. Do you even know what we're talking about tonight? Yes, yes. I, I I know because I sent you I sent you what was going on and then you like kind of took off like you normally do, but I do know what we're talking about. Okay, fair enough. Uh you know generally the idea we're talking about uh nation leaders like world leaders that are resigning out of Yes. I don't know if it's out of Cra- no- crazy, man. I don't know if you can call it out of nowhere, which we talked about yeah. Sri Lanka last week and we're like, "Wow, this came out of nowhere." Then it came down to, "Hey, this has been going on for like 2 years and how did we not know yeah. about this?" But yeah, this right. this kind of like these situations too. It's just like um the stars are not aligning quite right with some of these leaders, so they're getting ousted or they're they're getting shown to the yeah. door or they're just like, "Hey, I'm I'm done with this." So, uh that's what we're going to yes. be talking about tonight. Before we do, obviously we got to mention our sponsor that supports our right to come on a a worldwide produced show such as this and be and show the world the ceiling <laughs> drunkly drop our phones in the middle of a broadcast uh run your mouth coffee supports our right to be able to come and a drunk podcast because why not? It's your right to do so. It's your American right, right. to to drunk podcast from a hotel room. Um, Run Your Mouth Coffee is a, is a coffee company that makes delicious coffee, and they also support your right to free speech, your right to say whatever the hell you want to, have have some free debate without being a total dickhead is probably the one stipulation. I mean, you have the right to be a dickhead, but you also have the right to be like criticized for yeah. being a dickhead, so uh, it kind of yes. goes both ways. And Run Your Mouth Coffee yes. supports that. So go to rymcoffee.com, tell them we sent you by using that good promo code, break the bell, and you'll get 10% off your purchase plus free shipping. And that's an awesome deal. And Bill could probably use some good coffee right now. So, Bill, go to rymcoffee.com and tell yes. them we sent you. By where using are you, the promo Run Your Mouth? What's that? I said, Where are you, Run Your Mouth? I could use you right now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> We're going to get into the show quickly. We're going to talk about a couple countries specifically. I want to, I'm going to talk a, a tale of two world leaders specifically that have recently <laughs> gave in their resignation letters, uh, one being Boris Johnson and the other being the prime minister of Italy, which I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that's who we're talking okay. about. Um, those two specifically I'm going to focus on because it's like similar but completely different results that came yes. out of it, and I want to know why um, one was, like, propped up differently from the other. Like, it comes down to one was like, you know, see ya, kick your, like, don't let the ass hit you in the door, and the other was like, no, please don't go, we need you to stay. And it was like, you know, um, world economic crisis right now, and all these leaders are getting pu- yeah. public scrutiny for their handling of these crises. Um, so... It's, yeah, it's like why why are certain countries being handled differently well, than I others? Off guard on that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we talked about like I said, Sri Lanka last we week. What's that? Do we have a delay? I think we have a slight delay, so um, right. I'll try to let you talk when okay. we can. Well, so. I'll take your cues, man. 
All right, sounds good. Yeah, it's difficult no over this because there is a little bit of delay versus you sitting right next to me. But um, we'll we'll just we'll just push through this. This might be a short one, depending on how long Bill stays awake. Uh, we're gonna power through this, but <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about. I'm not done yet. <laughs> no, no. in the fridge. <laughs> great, great. Save them for after the show, so maybe we can power through this. I, I am. I am. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm a professional. <laughs> all right, fair enough. We're going to get into the show. Make sure you check us out all over the social medias, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the all the important ones. Our handle is at BreakTheBellPod. Uh, share it, like, subscribe, all the things the kids tell you to do these days so we can get our name out there and do bigger and better things and do more and more drunk shows. As Bill... <laughs> drinks his Mountain Dew right in directly in the camera. I'm looking for the adrenaline. <laughs> we're going to get right into this <laughs> intro video, and when we come back, we're going to talk about countries, world leaders that are resigning. I don't know if you can call this the Great Resignation because that kind of conflicts with the all the CEOs that are resigning, yeah. but it's a pretty big resignation going on right now. It is, and I, and I think it's going to keep going through the summer. I think there's quite a few that are going to end up resigning before it's all done. Yeah, it's like definitely some sort of global shift that's going on right now, and that has me concerned for obvious reasons, and yeah. um, I'm sure I'll get into those obvious reasons, and I'm sure you have your obvious reasons, too. So we're going to get into this intro video, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that. We'll be right back. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? And we're back. We always are. Bill is here, even though I'm sure he'd rather be drinking, but he's here. Like I said, I, I will continue after the show. It's okay. All right. You're like, I can take it. You probably need a two-hour break anyway. So Yeah, that's probably safe for everybody involved. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, oh, what's that? My daughter pointed out we need to include Tim, um, what's his name? Pumbaa. Pumbaa in the, in the intro. In Lion King, where he's like, "You talking to me?" She said, "Oh we need to man, where was she two years ago when I put this damn video together?" Because that's all this was was right. me searching for clips of people saying that over and yeah. over and over. So, we, we Lion King the other night because it's one of my, it's my favorite Disney movie, and she's like, "Dad, you need that in the show." Well, tell her that she should have been a little more um, on top of her game two years ago because I know she was into the video when I put it together, so she should have at yes. that point been like, yep. you know what this needs. She, she loves it. She huh? plays it all the time. All right, well, 
Someday I might redo that video. Um, it took me too long to redo it right now, but <laughs> um, but when I redo it, I will include Pumbaa from uh, The Lion King in that, um, and probably get good. more more copyright strikes for that. So, <laughs> as as I mentioned, we're talking about world leaders resigning. Yes, which always seems like like when when somebody high up, whether it's a world leader, whether it's like a CEO. Like a major CEO, like uh, if if say uh, Mark Zuckerberg just decided to resign right now, I'm sure it wouldn't just be like like our first initial thought wouldn't be, oh, he probably just needs a break. It's right, it's, right. it's more like, uh, what what the hell did he do? Or is he trying to avoid some sort of a scandal? Is there some sort of a crisis? Like what's going on? Like it's always a crisis or a scandal. Those are the only two options when high ups uh, yeah. resign. Like. Uh, and, and- and the leader of Sri Lanka stepping down is like, oh, well, shit, that happens like every five years. But the leader of England, Great Britain, stepping down, yeah. that's fucking huge. Yeah, and that's what, one thing that I want to point out was even the way it's like handled is like total, totally different. When uh, you get a like a developing country leader resigns, it's like, uh, all, well, first of all, all the, the powerful countries, as we talked about last week in our Sri Lanka episode, all the powerful countries like pounce on it to try to throw in like get what they can out of it like throw in their leader yeah. that that supports them or uh get whatever take whatever control they can but they always talk about like a power balance shift when a small developing country like that like the government falls or the the prime minister or president or whatever resigns or is ousted imagine the power shift when a superpower country such as Great Britain decides to get ousted or resign or something like that. I mean, that, I, I feel like that would be a much greater power shift, right. balance shift than, uh, than one of these small developing oh. countries. But back, back to what I was saying about... Yeah, because, you know, I mean, England's protocol affects America's protocol. And the way America goes, I mean, affects the entire world. So, well, yeah, that, it's going to affect everything. Well, then, like, Italy is... A major player in the EU. I think I said they had like the third largest economy in the EU. So I yeah. mean, that's pretty considerate for um, yeah an already flailing uh, European Union that's already struggling to show some sort of unity, like a united front. Um, right. When one of their power structures uh, decides to collapse on itself, that that could be a big deal for them. Yeah, and they're a major power player in NATO. Mm-hmm. I. I th- they were one of the ones that said that if uh, if Finland and uh, Sweden enter NATO, that they were, didn't want a piece of it. So really? that's that's interesting right now that they're dropping out with Sweden and Finland wanting to come into NATO. So what's your thought on what I said about people um, saying there's probably some sort of a scandal every time uh, a world leader steps down? Like like think about Pope Benedict, like he supposedly stepped down because of old age. Right, in reality, right. reality, we know that he probably stepped down because of all the little boy, like, molesting scandals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, because he, he totally ignored everything that was going on. And so then the, the church came back on him and said, look, you know, if you're not going to deal with this, and, you know, I, I think that he just wasn't equipped for it. He wasn't ready for it. I mean, when you come, become pope, they're not like, hey, we need you to deal with all this pedophile shit that's been going on. <laughs> yeah, you right? Know- you know that stuff that's been going on your entire life. We need you to be the one yeah. to take that on. That's going to go right, public, right. and you have to be the face of all of that. 
So right, that'd be like if they came to Biden. They're like, look, we need you to be a, the face of the whole Afghanistan bailout sh- or uh, uh, withdrawal shit. And uh, Biden's like, whoa, 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 whoa! You didn't say anything about that. And I'm out. He just decides to step down. Yes, um, right. which we, as we see, that didn't happen. Maybe it should have happened. <laughs> Maybe it would have went right. a little bit better. Uh, but right. uh, the the problem is, like, they never give you the like full story of what happened, and that just. Right. We always talk about how they just leave the doors open for conspiracy theorists all the time. It's just like if you just come out and say, you know, Pope Benedict really didn't want to deal with the the sex scandals right now. Or he was ashamed with how, like, yeah, he apologizes that he was a little less, like, strict than he should have been. And so now he feels like it's his time to step down. Like, I think maybe people have a little more respect for it than, uh, but now since... I mean, this isn't what this is all. This show is all about. I'm just making examples right. here. But now yeah. that he steps down, and they at that time, and they say this was because he's old. Well, he went in there at what fucking eighty years old. They're all old. Like, yeah. Since when has old age been a reason for a pope to resign? Right. Usually, you think they want the pope in there because they're old, right? Yeah. I mean, they always put them in at eighty, and they are there till they die at like ninety six. Yeah. Um, They're like, oh, you're you're only seventy two. I'm sorry, you don't require you you don't fit the requirements. But yeah, that just leaves the door open for us, like more cynical, more conspiracy minded, to be like, yep. you know, he probably had something to do with it, and he was probably part of the cover right. up of it. And yeah. you know, we just like just make up, just run with it because they give us plenty to run with. So yeah, um, we just go with it. Uh, but again, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about when world leaders resign, like. Right. Uh, whether it's a scandal, which I don't remember the last time a world leader resigned due to a scandal necessarily. Maybe Boris Johnson might be the closest right now. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I would agree with that. But most most of the time, it does involve some sort of a crisis, and it always leads to a crisis. Like, I mean, a national leader steps down. That nation is in some sort of a crisis, whether, uh, I mean, they go in a full-blown crisis mode. They have to because it's like the unknown that's coming out yeah. after that. Like, uh, the government's got to be overhauled, obviously. If it's, a, if it's a big enough incident that the lead, the top guy, like, let's say Biden right now stepped down due to some sort of scandal. Mm-hmm. All the people like directly under him would have to be overhauled as well because they were directly connected to it. You can't just kick out the leader. I mean, they do it all the time, but you right. realistically, you can't just kick out the leader and just put somebody else in and have the same like corruption underneath that supported it. Right. There's got to be some kind of overhaul. Obviously, you have to replace the leader. Obviously, you got to somehow change the government. There's probably going to be a power shift from one side. The the other side's going to probably take some sort of power because they're going to capitalize on the fact that that person was a shitty person. Um, Right. I mean, what what do you do? Uh, Leave it to the people to pick a better person? Is that is that what we do? Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I mean, ideally, but I mean, my my thought is that it's more like uh, the United States put picking the leader they want in there right mm-hmm. i mean look at the look what's happened last big shifts i mean you got you got haiti where the guy was assassinated and we don't have proof but we do think that cia was maybe involved right um you, you got uh sri lanka sri lanka sorry uh where the guy bailed and that's because he just screwed up the whole freaking um economy yeah and 
probably corruption involved. Afghanistan, right? You had the uh, the the terrorist group coming in. I can't remember their name off the top of my head. I should know this. Al Qaeda, but um, the Taliban, the Taliban. Yes, the Taliban. The right? Taliban. And he bailed because of that, right? He's like, uh, "You guys hold the port. I'll be right back." And he took off. You know, I mean, so what about you know, Ukraine? I mean, we. What's that? I said we admittedly replaced the president of Ukraine. Right, right, absolutely, because the freaking Nazis came in, mm. right? So now you got Boris Johnson, and we all know a lot of it's involved because of the whole COVID protocols, where he was having freaking parties mm. during all that shit, right? Yeah, we're gonna get into. There's like five reasons supposedly why Boris Johnson resigned. He's gonna be the first big one I talk about. Um, but back to what you're saying about ideally the people should like, if it gets to the point where a president or prime minister or leader or something resigns, it's probably due to public pressure on that person. Like the public speaks out, whether it's organically, like the public really doesn't like it, or it's like a superpower, like, uh, an NGO like the National Endowment for Democracy goes in and gets them all like pissed off, and um, one way or yeah. another, though the people pressure the step. It, it's not like Boris Johnson just out of the goodness of his heart said, "You know, I'm not going to do this." Right. It's usually yeah. from public pressure, and in his case, it was yeah. a lot of public pressure too. So ideally, if the public puts the pressure on the leader to step down, it should be up to the public then to replace that leader. Right, right, absolutely, ideally. But what we're going to see here is that's not necessarily the case because in both of these circumstances, it was not left up to the people. It's actually things were, contingencies were put in place to ensure that it wasn't left up to the voters because they were afraid of what would happen if the voters put in a new new person. It was like, well, we got to get rid of them because the people aren't aren't happy and we don't want them to riot and stuff. But we're not going to let them actually put the next person in because that would be bad. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. when it comes to these uh, developing countries, it's always like, well, we got to fight for their democracy. But then when it comes to like these superpowers, we just sit on our ass while they're like, you know, fuck the people. We just are going to appoint somebody and not let them vote for somebody. So fuck democracy. Right. Democracy is only good if it if it screws over a small developing country. That's the only time we care about democracy, right? So let's let's see. Uh, let me see. Let me see where I'm at. So okay. I, I, I we talked like I said last week about Sri Lanka and how yes. um, that turned into the power struggle of the major power players like China and the United States and the EU and India trying to like throw their will on it and get their person appointed and put their pressure on it to work in our best interest or their best interest. Um, apparently, do you remember last week I said that the president resigned and the prime minister said he would resign once they found a new government? Right, yeah. You remember that? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, right. Yeah. Do you know who is now the acting president of Sri Lanka? Is it the prime minister? <laughs> Indeed, is the prime minister. <laughs> the prime minister has stepped in the role as the acting president, and he is 
he has gone full blown throwing the former president under the bus for all of this too because um this this CNN article says oh yeah Sri Lanka's acting president says the previous government was covering up facts about the financial crisis isn't he part of the previous government <laughs> I mean does it does it get any does it get any more ironic it says Sri Lanka's acting president Ranul Wickremesing has said the country's previous administration was covering up facts about its crippling financial crisis. Former leader uh, President Raja Pasca's government did not tell the truth that Sri Lanka was bankrupt and needed to go to the International Monetary Fund. Uh, the prime minister, or acting president now, told CNN from parliament in the nation's administrative cap capital on Monday. He said, I would like to tell the people I know what they are suffering. We have gone back. We have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We don't need five years or ten years. By the end of next year, let's start stabilizing. And certainly by 2024, let's have a functioning economy. Says uh, that guy, his name, um, in an exclusive interview with CNN, was his first with an international news organization since he was appointed acting president by a former leader who fled the country last week. Um, he added that he had spoken to Raja Pasca since he first fled Sri Lanka for Maldives and then traveled to Singapore. However, he said he does not know whether the former leader is still in Singapore or elsewhere. Now, now you got to remember... Who was it that, because he was like saying how the president covered up the fact that they were bankrupt. Who was it that announced that the country was bankrupt? Do you remember? No, I don't. It was the prime minister himself. He was the first really? person to say it. You think maybe he had like a eyeing interest on that president position all along? He's like, you know what? All I got to do is get them pissed off at that guy. And then... They're going to call for both of our resignations, obviously. But since I'm the one that blew the whistle on this, I'm going to say I'll step down when they find a new president, but I'll just sit in on that leadership role until that gets found. How quickly do you think he is at looking for a new president right now? Yeah, I, I think he's dragging his feet as much as possible. Yeah, so I, I found that interesting. That was just an update on Sri Lanka and what's going on there. Um because I, I saw all kinds of reports how they filled the president position. I'm like, oh, really? That quick? And then I saw that yeah. it was the prime minister. And I was like, oh, how convenient for this guy who just happened to blow the whistle and just happens to be the one throwing the old administration under the bus. Yeah. Now he's in that position. So, yeah, I'd be curious to hear that speech. Yeah. Like, look, I don't even know this guy. <laughs> yeah, so like I had no idea what this guy was doing the whole time. I don't even know how how I got in this position. Uh, I I don't. He's one of those guys that's like, I don't want this position, but I feel it's my duty to take this position. And he turns up being right, like right. the most corrupt asshole of all of them. Yeah. That just like does away with all of elections for the rest of eternity. Um, yeah, right. The funny thing is, uh, like this whole rise up of the the popular opinion against the president they they they're touting that this was the supreme power of the people that that got this change to happen do you think this is actually the supreme power of the people like do you think the people won in this the end and all this no i don't even think the people know what the fuck's going on they're like he did what 
Oh, shit. Well, okay. Wait, you're going to replace him? Okay, are you going to do the same thing? All right, good. Then, okay. Yeah, yeah lead us. Man. I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> they did like 100 days of protests or whatever, and yeah, they successfully ousted this guy. But how much outside pressure was on them? We, we talked about how the NED was in Sri Lanka. How much outside right. pressure For, do you uh, think? Victoria Newland, yeah, she, the angel of death. She, yeah, she paid a visit immediately before, um, so I I don't know I the, I don't see this as power to the people at all. I I see it as a you, you, they some superpower convince you to fuck yourself even right. more than you are. What the hell is that? I, I don't know. It seems to happen every show. Uh, it's, it, a, it's interesting though because the way that I I've seen it framed is that. You know, the people are, are standing up to elitism. The people are standing up to corruption mm -hmm. and taking their country back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's interesting because that right there is called the populist, like populist populism, populist right. politics. And I, I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about populism in the second half. Um, so, so put that on the side burner for now because that does actually tie into what I got to talk about, which is interesting because that's a that's that's basically what I got to close with is talking about populism. So um, okay. let's talk about uh, what happens when major countries, because, again, that's a developing country. Um, mm -hmm. And we see how <laughs> corrupt uh, the overturning of those kinds right. of governments can be and how that can shift the power struggle, the, the right. balance of power. Let's talk about major countries like. Like uh, Great Britain or Italy, and how does that affect the balance shift of the global scale, like globalism, right. the global economy. If Great Britain was just to collapse on itself the way we saw Sri Lanka, it wouldn't just be like um, a few headlines of a crisis in Great Britain. No, it would be like the whole world is fucked right now. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, because you see all the intelligence that comes out of England, right? I mean, I still, you know despite the fact that England seems like it's just like still living off, they're like the Dallas Cowboys, right? <laughs> they're like, Hey, remember back when we like ruled the world living in the Wasn't glory days? Awesome? Yeah. Right. I mean, that <laughs> seems to be like great Britain, but, but they still influence a lot. Right. I mean, you remember Iraq be like, Oh dude, there was WMDs over there. You should take care of that. You know? So for whatever reason, England still has way too much influence. Well, it kind of it's interesting how this week ties to last week, which actually ties to our Fourth of July episode when we talked about how uh, the United States was too big to be allowed to fail, and that was the great uniter of the United States. And I feel like probably these superpowers are probably in the same boat. Like the global scale, the global bodies, whatever, would not allow Great Britain to collapse on itself, like Sri Lanka. Oh, absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like Greece or something like that. No, um, they would step in and make it work no matter what, because we can't allow that to just fuck up the world economy like that. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson is what I would consider a caricature of a bo bad politician. Like almost as bad as like I didn't. We've called him the 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 British Donald Trump before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, with from his hair to his, uh, um, yeah, the things, his his populism, his uh, his rhetoric and stuff. I mean, he's like a mild version of Donald Trump, but um, right. I mean, he's he's a caricature of what not to be as a politician. Like, 
cover-ups of scandals, like uh, um, the whole doing, like living like you're above the people, like, oh, we make laws on you, but we don't have to follow those things. Uh, all those hey. things combined that make up a shitty politician. So we, Boris Johnson yeah. is like the poster child of those things. Yeah. And like his, I guess his major claim to fame would be Brexit. That's the, yeah. that's his glory days. Like the Boris Johnson glory days was Brexit. It's like, I, and I, I feel like he probably felt like he could ride that wave for a long time and be like, guys, yeah. guys, I got us out of the EU. I mean, right. it, do, yeah. do you remember the EU? Do you remember what I did? I got you out of the EU. And, um, I, yeah. I feel like that would be like, if he was to have a rerun a political campaign, it would just be. Uh, Boris Johnson, I got you out of the EU <laughs> because that's, yeah. that's his only claim to fame. Right. And then and then COVID came back and bit him in the ass. Yeah, kicked his ass hardcore. So um, back to the EU and Brexit and like globalism. Do you think maybe Brexit put a target on his head? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like when, when it comes to like the global <laughs> the yeah. global playing field. Um, Boris Johnson's yeah. like, you know, let's pull out of this EU thing, which is like the epitome of globalism in Europe. And they're like, You're, wait, what? I, I feel like he probably stepped out of whatever protection that got him in there in the first place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was like in, in like Flint. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, the whole Brexit thing. Yeah. I mean, they were just looking for a reason. Yeah. Well, and then when Cohen around and he was throwing his little, little, you know, parties here and there is mm -hmm. the elitist party right i mean they're they looking for a reason and of course he gave it to him you know right. he thought he was untouchable because he was with britain and yeah. you know obviously that wasn't the case well like tie that back to donald trump how we say he's the freaking british donald trump i mean donald trump right. goes in on a populist like uh shake up the system kind of mentality like pull out of all these globalist treaties all these things that are like nationalize the country um United States first, America first policy, and that immediately put a target on Donald Trump right away. And the whole next four years, whether you like the guy or not, the next four years was, how do we get this guy out? How do we get this guy out? Right. This guy's got to go. And it seems like yeah. Boris Johnson was probably the same. It's like, you go in there yeah. with this anti, uh, like, fuck the system type mentality, like, hey, we're going to pull out of the EU, and immediately it's like, we got to get this guy out of here. Puts a immediate target yep. on his back, just like Donald Trump. So, um, whether, yep. whether he's a good guy or not, um, that just kind of happened. But this article here says a little bit. It talks about the five things that supposedly got uh, Boris Johnson that led to his downfall. This is from BBC. And tell me, tell me if these each one of these is worthy of him resigning. Would should should force his res resignation. Okay. The first one is the Chris Pincher affair. So it says on Wednesday, okay. June 29th, uh, MP Chris Pincher, at the time the conservatives' deputy chief whip, went to a private members club in London. In his words, he drank far too much and embarrassed himself. He was accused of groping two men, which led to a flurry of allegations, some dating back years. It set off a chain of events that ended with the prime minister's downfall. First, Downing Street said Mr. Johnson was not aware of specific allegations about Mr. Pincher before appointing him as deputy chief whip in February. Ministers later reiterated this line, even though it turned out it was inaccurate. 
So this guy goes, he gets drunk, he gropes some guys, and then all these sexual assault allegations come up. Not just that, but past ones too. And knowing all these and trying to keep them quiet, Boris Johnson appoints him as the chief deputy whip or whatever. And so that that's the big thing there is, hey, he kind of, knowing that this guy was like a sexual predator or there was at least these allegations, he they put him in yeah. this position. So what do you think? Should uh, Is that enough to push Boris Johnson to resign? No, not at all. You know, it's like, shit. I mean, that's like a Tuesday night for Trump, right? <laughs> Grabbing shit. Right. Well, that, that, that basically was... be like Trump appointing Kevin Spacey to, to a, a position. <laughs> Which I'm surprised Trump. he didn't do that. Um, Trump, right. Well, look at other examples. Uh, if, if we want to go by precedent, Bill Clinton, before he was ever ran for president, was accused of rape of Juanita right. Broderick. And those right. those allegations got clean swept under the rug. And that guy became president. And many other allegations came out. And it wasn't enough for him to resign. Right. There was no, like major serious outcry and riots in the streets saying, hey, this guy's got to get out of here. He's a he's a bad right. dude. I mean, we right. all say yeah. we that's, all say yeah, he's a bad dude. Matters, right. I mean, you're just like, look, the guy was qualified. I didn't know what he did at a party. You know, I can't be held responsible for that. You know, now that I know, then, you know, right. I, I will appoint somebody else. So obviously, that doesn't fit our standards. You know, sorry, my bad. Well, right. I mean, that's how easy it should be. Sure. What about, I mean, right there in Great Britain, what about Prince Andrew? Prince Andrew. <laughs> all the allegations against Prince Andrew and right. the British royals bending over backwards to kind of protect him and all that without, yeah. I mean, yes, they're shunning themselves from him, but they're making sure he doesn't get arrested or anything. Where's the riots in the streets for that? Right, right, absolutely. I mean, if you want to set a standard of that, that's fine. Yes, that was a shitty thing for Boris Johnson to do. Should he resign right. because of that? Probably. Uh, but based on the precedent set globally, um, that's not enough right. for a person to resign. Because uh, far shittier things have been done in the name of politics when it comes to right. sexual misconduct. So that brings us to Partygate, which you were talking about a couple times says, in April this year, the prime minister was fined for breaking lockdown rules after attending a gathering on his birthday in June of 2020. He also apologized for going to a bring-your-own-booze party in the Downing Street Garden during the first lockdown. More widely, the Metro Police issued 126 fines to 83 people for breaking lockdown rules in Downing Street and Whitehall. In a report by Sue Gray, a senior civil servant, described a series of social events by political staff that broke lockdown rules. So so he went to a party. He, he told everybody, hey, you're not going to parties. We're in full lockdown because of COVID and safety concerns and all this. And then he went to a party. Should he resign over that? No. I mean, shit, man. I mean, new, should he resign? He should. Uh, what's his face from uh, Gavin Newsom? Yes. You know, he got out of that from freaking California, right? Yes. I mean, being like, oh, well, you guys don't understand the science. We were all vac vaccinated. <laughs> but Sorry, the, That's never. And so, you know, so I mean, the, the freaking governor from California got out of the something like that, right? What about he Nancy Pelosi? She went, right? Nancy Pelosi went and got her haircut and she's not resigning. She like right. forced, yeah. forced her haircut 
specialist person to like get into close to her nasty coke mouth breath and <laughs> nobody's calling for her re resignation yes they should really? i think they should because i don't think what i think any politician that makes some sort of law that is supposedly so dire and life-threatening that we must do this if they break it yes i do think that they probably should at least question should oh, i be in this position no. at all yeah, absolutely. But I mean, how many in America came across and were like, oh, well, we were all vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you guys don't understand how much vaccinated we are, right? <laughs> we so are we're not even hard. We vaccinated that. so hard. Right. So so that brings to the, this next one, the cost of living crisis. This is another one that forced his resignation, forced his downfall. Inflation is at nine point one percent. That is part of Boris Johnson's fault, obviously, because he's the leader of the country. So obviously this is part of the reason why he's being forced to resign. What is inflation sitting at here? I think it's like 8 or no, 11% is what I thought I heard. Last I checked, it was at about 9.1%. And so okay. um, maybe Joe Biden should take cue. If, Boris, right? if, if, they're, only. if they're like, you know, um, it's really shitty here and it's really expensive and we think you got to go. Um, maybe our whole government should take cue from Boris Johnson because we've got break or, or like ignoring lockdown um, laws. We've got the cost of living crisis. We've got cover up of sexual conduct. I mean, shit, how much shit of uh, Hunter Biden's is being covered up right now under right? under nope. Joe Biden? Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Lack of focus. That's another reason. <laughs> Lack of focus. Is, is that even a, a good reason for that? <laughs> I guess. Lack of focus and ideas. Uh, again, I feel like you can apply this maybe to Joseph Biden a little bit. Uh, a little so, bit. It says Boris Johnson won his... Thumping majority on the back of a clear, easy-to-follow policy. Get Brexit done. So he came in there with one hard swinging strategy. And then right. after that passed, he was like, I got nothing else, guys. <laughs> I literally yeah. have nothing else what, to follow. Isn't that basically Biden, though? I mean, Biden was all about, hey, build back better, you know, get rid of Trump. You know, I'm going to be the, the sun, ray of sunshine in the yeah. darkest day. Which I right? don't even think Joe Biden knew like he had, yes, this clear mission, like slogan, build back better. But I don't even think he he obviously didn't even have a clear, easy to follow policy like Boris Johnson did with with the Brexit strategy, which was, hey, we're right. going to go and we're right. going to get out. Build back better was just like a pipe dream, like a slogan, like I said. And it's just like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, we're going to find out when we do it, I guess. I guess we're just right. gonna, <laughs> we're just going to play right. it. We're going to play this one by ear and call it build back better. Um, so at least Boris Johnson had that clear cut strategy, but then after that happened and he at least got it done. And that's also the difference. Joe Biden came in with a build back better strategy and we're what, two years in and how much building back better has actually happened. Yes, we have right. the best, yeah. the best, uh, economic recovery in the history of economic recoveries. Clearly that's why inflation's at 9.1%. Um, but at least Boris Johnson followed through. But yeah, his his uh, critics are saying he now has lack of focus and ideas. 
um, after the the Brexit because he just doesn't have anything really to stand on now. Right. He says uh, his ex-advisor turned chief critic, Dominic Cummings, repeatedly accused him of being an out-of-control shopping trolley, or shopping cart, as we Americans call it, veering from position to position. So it sounds like he's really ADD in his policies, or it, it's like ideas. So. Yeah. Again, Isn't that politics? In <laughs> right, right. How many of them actually have a set strategy that doesn't jump around yeah. constantly? But again, it, yeah, all that shit says, hey, he's a shitty politician, but it also says he's a politician. He's just a politician. Right, that's, right, what, right. <laughs> that's what they do. That's yeah. what world leaders do. Right. They think they're above the populace. They think they're above the law. And... Uh, they don't own up to their own mistakes. I mean, that's just what happens. So why the right. the urgency to get this guy out of office right now is is my real question. Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, how many times did Obama's position evolve on things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, well, I, um, I looked at the facts and uh, my position has evolved, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, right. it's an easy excuse. I mean, for a politician... Nothing you brought up is a game changer. I mean, look at look at the COVID strategy here in the United States. How jumping all over the place it was, constantly cha- con- evolving, as they called it. The strategy is evolving as the science evolves. Um, so, if you want to go like bouncing around idea to idea, I guess um, we're definitely guilty of that. Our our politicians yeah. here are very much guilty of that. Um, right. So, in all these calls for. Because, I mean, it took literally hundreds of uh, MPs and, like, his staff resigning for him to finally decide, you know what, I should probably resign, too. It wasn't just like, oh, that was bad. I I did a shitty thing. I'm going to step down. No, it was, like, pretty much forced his hand. Like, it was like, you either step down or we're going to— It it came down to you step down or there's going to be a vote of no confidence, and you're going to lose that vote of no confidence. And then guess what happens? It falls on the people, and what do they not? Right. What do they not want in this? They don't want it to fall in the hands of the people because, right? People. What will last through that? Right. What's that? What lasts through the the vote of the people? I mean, that's right. The unpredictable vote. That's when you get Trump elected, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, democracy. I don't. Know, is Britain even a democracy? At do they consider themselves a democratic country even? No, no, it's um, oh gosh, what is it? It's like a um, it, it's like a parliamental, parliamentary uh, legislation or something. Okay, like that. but yeah, still, it's supposedly voted by the people, right? But so, but it's just ironic how terrified even democracies or parliamentary whatever um are so afraid to leave things in the hands of the voters themselves because that would just screw up everything for everyone. So I guess my cons- my question in the Britain one is, why is there no concerns of, like, global chaos with right. Boris Johnson resigning and most of his, like, cabinet resigning, if you call it a cabinet? Why is there no, like... Like outcry of you know this disruption of the balance of power and blah blah the same way you see with a tiny country like Sri Lanka where they're like guys we got to be concerned about this because of the power balance like why don't you right. see that kind of like worry when it comes to somebody like Boris Johnson resigning? Right, right. yeah, you got to think that there's a plan in place, right? Yeah, 
I it, it had to have been in the works or something because um because uh when we take a look at Italy, you'll see Italy's was for much smaller, minor reasons than even Boris Johnson's reasons for putting up his resignation. And they're calling they're, they're calling this a like a national crisis, though. It's just him submitting his resignation as a national crisis. But no, there, you won't find a single uh, article that calls this a crisis at all. Right. And, and I mean, to be honest, when you started seeing shit pop up, sorry, Trey. When you started seeing shit pop up about like um, Boris Johnson's like partying and, and this party gate crap, right? Yeah. I mean, you knew he was on his way out. Yeah. Right? We know it's time to I go. I mean, I think he even said something in one of the shows like, okay, they're going after him. Right. And, and here you got the prime minister of Italy where it's like, he's just like, oh, well, uh, this is harder than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, it's just like a completely different situation. Right. So, so you said, hey, I think this might have been like a pre-planned thing. Here, here's, here's the interesting thing. There's a couple of people that are in line, like trying to to get his old job, and the two that stand out, like prominently stand out, are let me see what their names are. Hang on, I got their first names or last names. I don't have their first. We've got. Uh, Liz Truss, who's the foreign secretary, and then we've got um, this guy, Rishi Sunak, who is uh, British Britain's former finance minister, Rishi Sunak. And uh, the, the interesting thing to me about this, this Sunak guy is, um, like, I think his resignation, from what I read, was one of the first that, like, sparked the great resignations of all his... Uh, uh, MPs and all the people around, like his cabinet members, like his was the the initial one. Wow. Apparently, like I said, he's in the running for to take over the job now. Apparently, within 48 hours of Johnson uh, announcing his resignation, he had this, like, all the bells and whistles campaign video out on the interwebs, like, ready to go, just like this highly produced campaign ad not not just like hey i'm gonna run um this happened i'm gonna run not just like a, an announcement no it was like a produced campaign video that 48 hours later like when did you make this video right yeah not too fishy right well apparently the website they they did did some digging and his campaign website was um like the domain name was bought back in november <laughs> so it might be like he's been planning this all along like maybe this is his has been his goal all along hmm. but i don't think he's going to be the guy no because um he's not really he's not really a globalist type person either like i said boris johnson more hmm. like a populist he's not really fallen in line with like that global agenda um because <clears throat> he votes primarily against climate change uh, oh, okay. Stuff. Um, he's strict on immigration laws. He supports tax cuts. He also was fined for <laughs> breaking lockdown rules. So, if yeah. one of the reasons why Boris Johnson stepped down was for breaking lockdown rules, um, do you think this guy should possibly run for that same position when he also broke the lockdown rules? 
Yeah, no, probably not. Not unless he's playing ball in some other way, right? Right, exactly. But again, I don't feel like he's playing ball because of like all his voting history, like against climate change, against immigration, against uh, tax increases, which is generally what you think of when you think of like the the global agenda, like higher taxes, um, open border policies, climate change laws, and and all these things. Well, he seems to be hard against all of those things. So I don't think he's going to be the guy. The other uh, right. front runner. Which is that trust Liz Truss, who's the foreign secretary, uh, she came out and said, I'm going to overhaul the Bank of England was one of the oh, first shit. things she said. So I don't think she's gonna get it. <laughs> I think she'll be No <laughs> She I think she disqualified herself when she came out against uh like national banks and stuff. So so it's not gonna be her. The other right. one is this like unknown nobody. And this is who I got my bets on here. Okay. Her name is Penny Mordant. Mordant. Okay. And I'm going to pull up her article here because nobody knows anything about her, so why why would I uh, peg my bets on her? Um, let, let me tell you a little bit about this Penny Mordant. It says, Penny Mordant is the only candidate in leadership election whose formative political experiments or, or experience was war. So she has a military background. She doesn't have a political background at all, really. Uh, okay. Says she claimed this week she knew she was a conservative as soon as she watched Margaret Thatcher's naval task force sail from Portsmouth Harbor as the Falklands War began in 1982. So she's a warmonger. So she, I mean, she fits, I guess. Um, goes on to say this buttery patriotism is one part of Mordaunt's political makeup. There's also a Camero- Cameroonian social liberalism, pro-immigration pro-LGBT rights, and she is a Brexiteer. So (laughs) she's kind of all over the place here. Like, she's fine with immigration. Yeah. She's pro-LGBT. She's a social liberal, uh, but she also voted or supports the Brexit. So, but I think they could probably work with that. Says her breezy, sunny style is giggly and Johnsonian. Mordaunt appears to not take herself very serious. She wants to smooth Tory edges, get the party back to basics, and and embody a cuddly new one-nation synthesis. Her battered country and her uh, fratricidal party are not really in trouble. They just need to rediscover who they are, like every centrist, for that is what Mordaunt is. She thinks all sensible people share the same values. Political colleagues say they have no idea what she believes or thinks. I mean, that's perfect candidate, right? Right. A perfect politician who's one that has no ideas of their own. No, no. Right, um, yeah, right. There's no identity there. Yeah. Nothing so, to pin them down on. No, and if she can run on anything. They can mold her to be whatever puppet they want her to be. Says she appeared charmed by um, the guy who said this. Hang on. It says, but Tory members, though, they are old, anti-immigration, and disconcerted by social change, a beer appear to be charmed by this young pro-immigration social change welcoming candidate. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like all these members, like, because the Tory the Tory party is like the Republican party for us. It's the right wing right, side right, right. of it. There's the Tory party and then there's the the, what is it? The Labor party is the other yeah. side. Uh, so the Tory party is the right wing and it says they're like pretty much old anti-immigrant white dudes that don't want change, don't want social change. And then this, like, 
young, probably just the fact that she's a young female comes in touting social change, and they're like, oh, oh, we like her. You should totally vote her in. But she's saying all right. the things that kind of fit the global agenda when it comes to, like, um, immigration and, um, I don't know, all the things that I said the other guy wouldn't be for. Yeah. I am sure she's all about climate change and all about uh, the green agenda, oh, yeah. too, as much as a right a right wing politician can be. So my bets are in the coming weeks, um, I'm going to put my money on this. So remember this name, if you can remember anything tomorrow, uh, Penny Mordaunt, because she's going to be the next prime minister of Great Britain. No, I believe that. I mean, she sounds like a kind of a, you know, if you watch Harry Potter, she sounds kind of like a Dolores Umbridge type. Yeah. Right. And she comes in and she's all like sweet and seems like she's for the right things. And then she just ends up being like a total tyrant. That's your uh, second Dolores Umbridge analogy in the last four weeks. Yeah. Well, my, my daughter is very much into Harry your Potter. Your daughter right is. Now. That's what we're going so with. So I'm inundated with your, Harry Potter references. Your daughter <laughs> is into Harry Potter. Yes. I. Oh, you have no idea how much I hear about Harry Potter. Your daughter's probably <laughs> like, Dad, we got to watch Harry Potter again. But she just shouted in the background, yeah, I when heard I said that. <laughs> I did hear it. <laughs> Um, my thoughts is she's just vague enough because they're saying how vague of a politician, like they don't know what she stands for. She probably doesn't know what she stands for. Like I said, she's right. just vague right. enough to uh, be that global puppet that they need. Yeah. She's checking the boxes off. Yes. Right. The part of all of this that gets to me the most is, um, the opposition. So the labor party wants to vote no confidence in the Tory party. They want a vote of no confidence, which that right. kind of like the Senate. That's not going to happen because nobody in the Tory party is going to vote that vote for that, because that means it switches hands to the other party. So them calling for a no vote, a vote of no confidence doesn't mean anything because they're going to lose right. that vote anyway. But yeah, they don't want that because, again, if they... If they call a vote of no confidence, that ousts the Tory party, and that leaves it then up to the people, and the people have to go back and decide, and then the Tory party might lose votes. I mean, they're the dominant, they're the the major party right now. Well, that might switch hands, so obviously they're not going to allow that. That's why I think the pressure came down on Boris Johnson when it did, because if it kept it up, it would come down to a vote of no confidence in him, and that would also pressure the that would also put it back in the hands of the people to vote their party out. So they're like, you know, why don't you just take one for the team and get the fuck out so we can save our party here? Right. Well, it's interesting that they're trying to take out the Republican Party, and then she comes up and mentions Margaret Thatcher. Right. I right. mean, isn't she kind of the the face of the the conservative movement in in Britain? Well, they're they're not trying to take out. This is um, what the Tory Party is putting up for because the way it works is um, the Tory Party picks all these people, and then the Tory Party members like vote it. It's it's kind of like uh, um, sur it's kind of like Survivor. They put in like ten, and they vote it down, and they vote it down, and they vote it down until it gets to the last two, and then they vote it down, and then whoever wins is that party leader. So it's not. Yep. It's not against the Tory party. She's not a, like, they're not trying to do it. They're actually trying to, the Tory party's trying to survive by appointing the right person here. 
But I think right, okay. I think it's got to come down to the least populist, most like global leaning member or like uh, candidate for them to put in. It's not going to be some super like populist close our borders type of person. I don't think that's going to be allowed. That's why they wanted to. Right. That's why I'm pretty sure they wanted to do away with Boris Johnson in the first place is because of yeah. his like uh, more populist leanings. So that's my right. opinion on no. that. So that makes sense. Uh, anything else you got to say about this whole Boris Johnson quitting? Like what are you, what, what do you think this leads to in Great in Great Britain? Do you think there's going to be some sort of shift, or do you think they're just going to do whatever it takes to maintain that status quo that they have? No, I, I no, I absolutely think there's going to be a shift. You know, I, I feel like, you know, Boris Johnson was was brought in, you know, to kind of play nice with Trump, mm-hmm. right? Trump's gone; they're all happy about it. And so they need to bring someone in who's going to play nice with Biden and and, and build Biden up or build and try the, to make like he can get through the next phase of his election, mm-hmm. right? Or at least like jump onto the same. I mean, hasn't that hasn't that always been how the British leaders have been? I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Tony Blair and Bush, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher and 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 Reagan. I mean, then you got Boris Johnson and Trump. I mean, haven't they always complimented each other? And so now that you have you know, I mean, Trump's gone and you got Biden in office. You need somebody who can compliment Biden and make it look like, you know, and support him. Right. So, I mean, that just seems to be the way that they work. So you're saying the only way Britain works as a nation is if they like piggyback off of what's uh, the, the climate of the United States. Absolutely. That's that seems like what it's been for like the last 40 years. Well, not only uh, piggybacking off of Biden and supporting Biden, I think it's more of supporting those like agendas that Biden is leaning towards, but more of those like global align- globally aligned agendas when it comes to like right. the green agendas and the build back better and stuff. Um, I feel like what's her name? Uh, I can't think of her name now. Uh, Penny Mordaunt is going to fall more in line with that, being like absolutely. In general, and nobody, the only way she's going to get elevated to that position is if she, like, makes deals with the devil in the first place. And the only way that happens is by aligning herself with those kind of policies, I think, at this point. Right. Yeah, no, Penny is the perfect compliment to Biden. Do you think uh, Great Britain, when when all the dust settles, do they rejoin the EU? Yeah. I think so. You think so? Even though Penny yeah. Bordant or Mor- Mordant was a Brexiter, yeah. Brexiteer, as they called her, you think maybe they'll persuade her to shift her stance and rejoin yeah. the EU? Well, there's got to no, be some I, kind yeah. of crisis. Yeah. I, I feel like there'd have to be like some kind of uh, economic crisis, which there is right now, in order right, for them right, to rejoin, right. to convince the populace to rejoin. It would have to be like, we got to yeah. do this or we're going to like fail as a nation. I feel like that's— right. The direction we in the climate, we need to join with the rest of the European Union for strength and for stability, right? Right? I mean, doesn't that sound like that would make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it's about time for a break. I mean, it's a little early, but um, I don't want to get into Italy before we go to break because I got yeah. quite a bit of stuff there. So, um, let's go ahead and take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to shift focuses to Italy. 
uh, and talk about how that whole thing went down because that he's a, the prime minister of Italy is one of the more recent ones. Like uh, Boris yes. Johnson resigned a couple weeks ago, or at least put in for his right. re- resignation. He's still holding on until they elect somebody new. So if they never elect somebody right. new, Boris Johnson just stays there. So um, that was a few weeks ago. But then just recently, the Italian prime minister said, you know what? I'm out. I, I, I'm just out. So, uh, and this yeah. one seems more, it's not so much they forced his hand like Boris Johnson, but it seems like they're in the same economic crisis, obviously, as Boris Johnson is. The whole world's in this economic crisis. But this one seems almost more manipul- manipulative, like um, like that ex-girlfriend that's like, you know what, I'm just going to go hurt myself or if you don't do what I say, that kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, very manipulative, like, you know what? I don't get my way. I'm just, I'm, I quit. That's it. And yeah. well, that's, that's Italy in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, so I'm going to take a real quick break and don't fall asleep on me, Bill. I know, I know. No, no, I'm good. I know I'm you're good. drinking. So, um, we'll take four to five minutes and do it as whatever it is you do. I'm going to tell everybody else to go get a drink. Bill, don't go get a drink. Cause I need you awake for the rest of the show. <laughs> Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into Italy and how that went down. And I got some, obviously, I got to talk about, like, the global agenda surrounding all of this and my my thoughts yes. my thoughts on how, like, the Great Reset plays into this and all these things. So, uh, we'll... And, and I got a crazy conspiracy theory for you at the end of this. Good. Stay tuned for Bill's crazy drunk conspiracy theory. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Goodbye. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net.
are back, and I see Bill's eyebrows. Bill, how are your eyebrows? I'm good, man. Good. Your eyebrows are good? Yeah, they're good. I was just munching on some Twizzlers. Oh, <laughs> nice. Are you, uh, you're a Twizzler guy, not a Red Vine guy? I am a Twizzler guy, yes, sir. Uh, okay, I am, I'm just whatever is there, but I know there's contention in families uh, between. I, I, I there, there is. I had to. I had to get rid of my 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 stepbrother because he didn't do that shit. So because he was a red vine guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> All right, fine. You know what? You're. you're <laughs> I. Uh, we can't have you in this family unless you eat Twizzlers. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You're not going to work. We'll we'll try again next month. I can't remember what show it was on. It might have been Parks and Recreation where um, she was, like, marrying this guy, and she had a bunch of, like, Twizzlers in a bowl, and the bitchy mother-in-law, or like, soon-to-be mother-in-law comes in. She's like, we are a Red Vine family. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so I, I get That's it. Exactly. I get it. I, I'm glad. I understand that. I, I'm glad I don't have that kind of contention in my family. <laughs> Um, I am a black licorice fan myself, and I'm not allowed to eat it in my house. Yeah, so I, I don't think how to be allowed in some families with that. That's crazy. What's that? I don't even understand how your family lets you do that. Black they don't. Licorice? That's the thing. They don't. <laughs> like, I'm not allowed to eat it in the house. Like, if I ha bring it home, I, like, get sent away to eat it somewhere else. <laughs> so, um, we're talking about... Uh, What's that? I can't believe you're off this week. I, why can't you believe that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Is that just unlikely? Come to Okaboji. Come hang out with me. I need someone to drink with. I should. I took it off because I have a bunch of stuff to do at home, and I just want to relax, too. So um, I, I, I should come out, but um, my, my wife didn't sure. take off this week, which is partially why oh. I took off this week. No, I'm kidding mostly. <laughs> kidding mostly, but... Um, so, so we're talking about the resignation of world leaders, and uh, we talked a little about Sri Lanka, but we talked in depth about that last week. So go check out last week's episode if you want to hear what we had to say about that and how that could potentially lead to like global disorder and how uh, the world powers that be want to do everything to like manipulate that whole situation to balance the power in their own interest, and then yes. we. we just got done talking about Great Britain and how Boris Johnson stepped down and the word crisis never popped up uh, at all. Like nobody was ever like, oh, yeah. the world might end because Great Britain's leader right. is no longer. They no longer have a standing leader, basically. I mean, yeah, he's in that right. position, but he's a he's a lame duck because he uh, <laughs> no longer has any sort of power. So where where's all the right. outcry like? What's the world gonna do? The world could the, right. the global economy could come to a standstill because Great Britain doesn't have a leader, and it only. Right. I mean, imagine where we'd be if like Margaret Thatcher decided to do that. Yeah, I don't. Remember. I mean, people would be freaking out. Yeah, um, but that just lends more credence to the fact that the the global powers kind of gave him the boot because if not, then right. there would be more of this like outrage or this like. Uh, calling this like a global crisis or at least a national crisis, they're not even like they're they're basically shrugging it off like ah eh, good riddance type type thing. Yeah, There's, right. I mean, yeah. I I feel like even if Biden just all of a sudden right now stepped down, as much as we hate him, a lot of people would still be like, well, what do we do now? 
<laughs> you know, like right. like what what happens now? We don't have a president. People like us yeah. would be like, good. Can the rest of them leave too? Because yeah, that right. that would be fine. <laughs> um, but that that brings me to Italy, which is a completely different reaction, because this uh this headline right here actually spells out. It says crisis in Italy continues. Immediately, like every head, every headline involving Italy's prime minister resigning or get like putting in his resignation calls it a crisis because it says crisis in Italy continues 17 months after the former or the formation of the national unity government. First of all, the national unity government sounds ominous enough as it is. Yeah, no shit. It's like, you know what? We're just going to like like combine all of the branches into one government structure, which in theory sounds good, but we know how humans get in the way of shit and it becomes a major like right. I I feel like that would quickly turn into uh like a an authoritarian state really fast. Right, yeah, I wouldn't want to see that. So, a little bit of background on <laughs> that the whole Italy thing is the it's uh his name's Mario Draghi. He is uh the prime minister of Italy and um a little bit of background is the former prime minister was the prime minister during the onset of the COVID, uh, the COVID crisis. Remember, Italy was like in severe lockdowns and we were seeing stuff about uh, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, them sending out basically like SOS, holding up like SOS signs yeah. from their apartment windows. And they were like out right. on their balconies just trying to get some sort of human interaction. And yeah, they're that, like fucking singing to each other from different balconies and yeah. they're like oh isn't this beautiful this is italy yeah it's like they were the standard that was set for uh national lockdown for covid lockdown so right. it started there in italy and um supposedly that is what brought them out of the covid crisis was those horrible horrifying lockdowns but we know in theory we know scientifically that lockdowns basically did nothing to stop COVID-19. Right. It just needed to run its course. But apparently um, the former prime minister was a hero for stopping COVID with these lockdown measures. But then he was basically pushed to step down because of I, I think he was going too slow with like vax mandates and stuff like that. Yeah. So so they kind of pushed him out yeah. and uh, the president. So they have a president and a prime minister, just like uh, Sri Lanka does. And the president, yeah. um, the president put this Mario Draghi in position <laughs> with the whole mindset of forming this national unity government. He wanted somebody that would unify the government and um, make things a happy-go-lucky place for them. So that's that's the backstory of how he became president or the prime minister, and he yeah. was the former president of the european central bank before he became the prime minister of italy just just so you know so um yeah. there might be some globalist connections to this guy being the, the the president of the european central bank there might be some eu yeah. ties with this guy so the eu yeah. probably the, isn't he the one that came out isn't he the one that came out was like uh i didn't sign up for this shit i'm done um uh, he 
Yeah, pretty much. We're we're gonna get into that. Why why he resigned? Okay. Like I said, he's the one that basically threw a bitch fit. Like I can't get my way. I'm I'm gone. He was the manipulative one, but he's also um, touted for saving the euro back in the day. So he he was the one that like kind of made the euro more standardized and stuff. So he's he's on the globalist playing field here. So okay. let me pull up. Yeah, that's no small task. No. This is from WSWS.org. It says, Crisis in Italy continues 17 months after his formation of the National Unity Government. It says, 17 months after the formation of the Government of National Unity, under former European Central Bank President Mario Draghi, Italy is once again in a deep governmental crisis. Crisis, again. Um, no, No mention of crisis when Johnson stepped down, but this is a crisis. Draghi announced his resignation on Thursday, but President Sergio Mattarella refused to accept it. Says Draghi will explain his reasons for tendering his resignation to the House of Representatives next Wednesday. The result of this remains unclear. Possibilities range from the continuation of the current government to the formation of another government under Draghi. The appointment of a technocratic cabinet to run government affairs until the regular elections of spring of 2023 to the dissolution of parliament and new elections in October. So a lot of scenarios here could play out like he could form his own new government. They could vote in another government. They could put in like a a de facto government until elections next year or they could call early elections this year. Which it doesn't sound like he wants anything to do with it. It mm. sounds like he just wants to be done. Yeah, well, right? I... And also, is there any more Italian of a name than Mario? <laughs> right. Well, um, apparently, uh, like I said, the EU loves this guy. They actually um, termed, they like deemed him Super Mario when he saved uh, the Euro back in the day. Okay. Wow, that's not stereotypical at all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> they start mailing them mushrooms. <laughs> yes. So it says, um, so it talks about the, and, and we talked about the kind of petty reasons for uh, Boris Johnson's re- resignations. These ones seem so much pettier on a personal Ooh. scale than Boris Johnson's even were because we could we could put together an argument of why we think that person should probably not be a president because or a prime minister because they're a shitty person, um, but it's not right. enough from global standards to say you got to go. Uh, this guy's are, I'm just like, really that that's why you resigned because it says <laughs> the immediate reason for his resignation was the vote of a 26 billion dollar package to alleviate the effects of inflation which Draghi declared a vote of confidence. So think about that. It's a spending bill, 26 billion pound spending bill, which is roughly 26 billion dollars. And yeah. he he put it to the floor for a vote, but he he labeled it as a confidence vote. So basically saying this is a vote of confidence in like my governmental abilities. If you don't pass this, you don't have confidence in your government. So you're basically voting out the government if you don't pass my spending bill. Does that sound pe- mm. petty enough to you? Uh, yeah, it sounds pretty pretty lame, actually. It's something like a middle schooler would do. So so this whole uh, unity government, like, what did they call it? The national unity government includes all these different factions. There's like four or five different factions. 
The most left faction is called the Five Star Movement, and that's the one that was his biggest supporter back in the day. And they are like the most progressive, anti-establishment type um, faction in the government. It says they're the largest, the the Five Star Movement, the largest faction in Draghi's all-party coalition, boycotted the vote in the Senate, the second parliamentary chamber. It is asking for more aid than provided. So they basically said, we're not going to vote on this because they basically Ocasio-Cortez the whole thing. They're like, it's not enough. We're going to sustain from abstain from voting. They didn't vote okay. against it. They just said, we're sitting this one out because it's not enough money. Mm. It says they're asking for more aid than provided in the legislative package. And they also proposed or opposed the construction of a waste incineration plant, which is part of the package. Mm. So this package, $26 billion spending package, and attached to that is in, I think it was in Rome, like they have this garbage crisis in Rome where there's just garbage everywhere and dumpsters are overflowing and seagulls are just everywhere because there's garbage everywhere. So they're proposing this waste in like burning plant, which will also okay. recapture the energy from burning it and also produce some power. Well, this ultra liberal faction, the five star movement, were like, no, that's bad for the environment. They put their red line in the sand as this waste incineration plant. They're like, no, if that's in there, we're not going to oh. vote for it. It seems. Wow. I, I feel like there's got to be something more here than just $26 billion in a waste incineration plant. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That just seems ridiculous. So so this party had rumored that they weren't going, they were going to boycott the vote. And um, Mario Draghi, the prime minister, said, if any of the factions in here abstain, like boycott this vote, I'm done. Hmm. And they boycotted it. Wow. The vote still won, 172 huh. to 39. It like landslide won, but he still was like, you know, since these guys didn't back me, I'm done because you don't mm. because I put this tag as a vote of confidence. You clearly don't have confidence. You lack confidence in the government's work is what he said. Is that not some that petty like bullshit? I was going to say that seems like the biggest pussy answer mm. a politician can come up with. Well, you don't you don't believe me. You don't trust me. So I don't want to be in a part of this anymore. Well, can you imagine if like Biden said that he's like when a spending bill, the, the four trillion dollar spending bill went out. It's like if one of the parties says no, even if yeah. it wins, I'm out because you don't trust yeah. me. It's like. Right, right, right. You that, guys don't like build back better. So well, then I'm just leaving. You well, guys can have Harris. The, the, the thing is, well, yeah, that would be horrible. And that's kind of. This whole thing seems really manipulated, and I don't think he actually really wants to go. I think it was a whole, um, like a it was a a baller power play, in my opinion, is what he did yeah. here, because it's like you know what you have my back or I'm gone. Well, what's the alternative if if he leaves? Yeah. Right. Um, well, because he formed this whole one government or one unified government strategy, all the factions, all, there was like five, like I said, five or six political factions in, in Italy. All of them joined this except for one, and that was 
an ultra-uber-fascist party called the Fratelli d'Italia. They're like hardcore fascists, I guess. Uh, aren't they the guys that were going after the Goonies? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I don't know. So The Fratelli family? <laughs> probably. So this next article says Itali or Italy's fascist party leader could become the country's first female prime minister. You got to look at the picture they posted for this this female fascist and tell me what you think. Well, Does she not look like the most fascist dictator ever? They had to pick the No doubt, like, man. She looks like she's like some uh some like a uh, freaking bondage chick from porn. <laughs> <laughs> so so just hear this out though. Like this is the headline. Um because he's potentially going to resign that leaves it like all these other factions are kind of like crumbling because they're in this unified party that mm. they're losing strength on their own right except for the fascist party so if it did come down to a vote of the people they're worried that the fascist party would win because they have more support than any one of those single parties because they, they kind of watered themselves down by putting themselves in this unified party. Says the leader of the hard-right party, Brothers of Italy, has been tipped to become the nation's next prime minister amid a fresh wave of political chaos in the country. Firebrand, Giorgia Maloney, what does firebrand mean? Because I've seen that on a lot of right-wing people here in my research today. Usually firebrand is like someone who's like super passionate. Okay, well, she's she's super passionate. Uh, whose party includes Deuce's granddaughter as a counselor in Rome is leading in the polls ahead of a likely snap election. Miss Maloney, Ooh. 45, has called for an election now after the incumbent Mario... Uh, Prime Minister Mario Draghi tabled his resignation, which was rejected by President Mattarella. Hmm. It says uh, she left his center-right grouping after three years. Uh, it says pop popular policies include a naval blockade of North African coast to stop migrants from reaching Italian shores. She also backs financial incentives for couples to have more children, making Italy less dependent on migrant labor and then um she also opposes gay adoption so that's what those three things make her a hardcore fascist like she's against hardline okay. against hardline <laughs> against immigration and against gay adoption those are the only things they really point out and that makes her well, that super mean, fascist. that would that would make her more fascist than trump i guess mm. I, I i mean that's just odd that that that's what they would pick as red flags yeah it says, having spiked from 4% vote at the 2018 elections to an estimated 22% now, Melanie has certainly found an audience. So, so um, all that to say, the, the president called him back and said, no, I'm not accepting your resignation. Because hmm. if you resign, that potentially leads this to a, a vote and... It's starting to look like we're going to lose to the fascists if we allow this to go to a vote. So once again, it comes down to we can't let the people decide because they would obviously vote in a fascist dictator because that's what people generally do is vote in fascist dictators. Um, yeah, they, they have 
to uh, they have to uh, make sure democracy prevails, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, haven't we heard that before? Right. Well, yeah. Like we got to save democracy from itself. Um, right. It makes me think that this is why I said I don't think this guy actually wants to step down. I feel like he was holding this bill as like hostage to the leftist, which was that five. What was it? Five, five star group or something like that. Five star movement, because like I said, they're hard yeah. leftists. They're hardcore, like anti-establishment leftists. Yeah. So it's like you back me or the fascists come in. That those are your two options here. I'm, I'm you right. back my me- mega spending bill or I'm going to allow the fascists to take over. And it's it, like I said, it's like, like a manipulative ex girlfriend is is what this seems like. Right. Yeah. Like if you. Uh, if you don't vote for me, or if you don't stay with me, I'm going to kill myself. That type of manipulative right. ex-girlfriend. Yeah, no shit. So, what do you think of Italy's situation here? Well, it, it just seems... To be honest, it seems a little manufactured. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like... Again, you know, Draggy is like throwing a bitch fit because things aren't going his way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, that's fine. We're just going to throw this fascist in there. Right? right. So, I mean, it almost seems like someone's got to step up to take that position. So she doesn't. Right. Right. Well, it's like, again, like I said, the fact that he put a vote of confidence on this bill to say, I mean, that is, like I said, that's that's, yeah. kind, of, that's kind of a baller move on his part. Yes, right, it, it's right. a shitty move, but yeah. that, that's like, you know, but that that's, that's hardcore. Right, but he doesn't seem like somebody who would do that. I mean, no, nothing in his history shows that he's that type of a guy. So it makes you think, like, okay, who who's calling, who's pulling those strings, who's calling those shots? Well, again, he's a he's a global bank guy. He's a EU yeah. puppet. I don't know if he's a puppet, but he's like yeah. he's single handedly saved the EU a couple times. Um, yeah. he, no, and so I would say yes, absolutely, he's a puppet. Yeah, um, like I said. Uh, the president obviously rejected his offer to resign. He wants to right. he wants to make this thing work. He wants to at least push it back till next week when um, the the Mario Super Mario can uh, address Parliament before they decide on the the fate of the country because this is ultimately a crisis because we don't want. I mean, they're they're comparing this that the scary looking chick there. They're saying that she aligns straight with Mussolini. They compared her to M- Mussolini in, in some articles. No shit. Which, I mean, damn, that's like comparing Trump to Hitler, but I guess we did that quite a bit, too. So, um, yeah. Well, but, but except for the fact that this is actually the country that Mussolini's from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this isn't like I comparing. Mean, so you think that's even more of a trigger warning. Uh, that's almost like uh, freaking Zelensky and Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's it's a great scare tactic, I guess. And I, I mean, I that's like a shitty position for a country to be put in. And I feel like it was designed that way to kind of water down the opposition. Like, yes, it's supposed to be this unifying, more powerful structure. But what it does is it like um, waters down any of them from splitting off because if any of them split off, well, you don't want the alternative, do you? It's kind of like the, the never Trump stance here in the United States. Like, um, right. We have all these like kind of factions of Democrats from like the Bernie Sanders all the way to like the Hillary supporters, which are completely different people like hardcore diehard socialists to 
very like corporate Democrats. Um, but yeah. but they band together because we don't want Trump to win. And that's been right. kind of their whole play this whole time. If you broke them down into separate <clears throat> separate political parties, do you think they beat Trump? Absolutely not. They're, they, they're, no. There's not enough power there. There's not enough votes there. Um, that's like this. I feel like it was almost intentionally unified to um, put them in a position where it's like, well, you can't back out of this now because if you do, you don't want Mussolini, uh, Miss Mussolini to take over, do you? Right, right, absolutely. So yeah. we have, we have very manipulative. Yes, that's been the whole thing. It's like very mani- manipulative. So you've got two countries. You got Great Britain and you got Italy, both plagued by the same economic crisis. Like some of the the issues at hand here, what the, like the whole uh, what I say twenty six billion dollar spending bill. Yes, it was all like relief, like uh, economic relief bill is what it was. It was all like. Uh, to fight inflation kind of spending yeah. bill, like a, like a Joe Biden fight inflation spending bill, like a stimulus bill. Right. And um, so both, both countries are in this position because of this same financial crisis. But on one side, you've got, see you later, don't let the door hit you in the ass. On the other side, it's like, you can't leave because this is a national crisis. Yes. What, right. What's the difference here? Like, where's the difference? Yeah, it's just a matter of, like you said, it's a matter of of the um, the protocol. It's priorities, right? I mean, it's the narrative, and that the narrative that they're trying to push. Mm-hmm. So I they lost. they know that this person's a little bit more controlling, or a little bit easier to control than the other person. Right. I think right. it has a lot to do with uh, a lot to do with like how they align with. The global scale, the global agenda. It's, right. it's, it's kind of like even with developing nations, when you have a developing nation collapse, if we're like the U.S., if we're benefiting from the main government, well, the the revolutionaries become terrorists. If we don't align, like, say, with Fidel Castro or something, then we fully support the revolutionaries or terrorists or whatever you want to call them um it's just based on like how do we align how did how did they align with our interests and that's kind of like what it it looks like here like uh great britain backed out of brexit which didn't align with the global interests like the globalist agenda so it's just like yeah we're just gonna let this one happen we're actually gonna push it push it harder but italy on the other hand hardcore is part of the globalist uh playing field because you have a, a, a an appointed globalist in position there so if he decides to step down obviously it's an international crisis and the balance right. would, would collapse <clears throat> interesting right. enough the the spending bill that was in question i think i couldn't find it i, I read it at one point but then I, when i went back to find it i couldn't find it but this spending bill in question was to keep Italy on track with being able to receive EU's COVID relief money. So there's this, no. there's a COVID relief quote unquote bill that you have to meet certain standards. You have to like, it, it's basically a build back better bill, uh, but you have to be meeting certain standards. And I, I feel like I saw that um, 
this spending bill was to stay on track with being able to receive more EU funding. And so that's a big part of why he wanted to push this through was to kind of further this this build back better agenda. And when um, one side didn't wasn't on board with it, it's like, I'll just let the whole thing go to shit. So I that makes sense. So uh, the, this uh, let me let me pull up an article here. Hang on just a sec. Let me find the article. All right. First. All right. Uh, I think I lost that one, but let's go with this, this article here. It talks about Italy getting its first payment from EU's COVID recovery fund. Hmm. Hang on just a sec. Time out. And I mean, has there been any other... Um, Western nation, NATO nation that has been hit harder than Italy. Right. Well, like I'm going to get I mean, into... When you look at all the media news reports, I mean, has there been any other nation that has been just like... I mean, I mean, you hear about the, the death rates and the hospital closings and, mm-hmm. and the lines outside. And uh, the strict lockdowns and the uh, economy yeah. and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I feel like Italy... And I'm going to talk just briefly about this before we get out of here. Um, I feel like Italy is kind of like a major push right now for Build Back Better, like post-COVID Build Back Better. Because they got hit so hard, it would be easier to push them towards some of these reforms here. And um, this article talks about that recovery bill that the EU is uh, really fun, like hardcore funding Italy. Says the EU has sent Italy the first of this is last year, uh, the first of twenty, the first twenty four point nine billion of its one hundred and ninety one billion pound share of the bloc's COVID nineteen recovery fund to support investment and reforms in areas including research, innovation, and education. Sounds like COVID relief, right? Research, right. innovation, and education. Says <laughs> yeah. No. Sent on August thirteen, the. Payment is 13% of Italy's total share of the $750 billion fund, the max a country can get before hitting targets agreed with European commissions and other EU countries. So so they get 13% of that, which is um, that 24.9. That's the most they can get before they start hitting these EU targets and goals. Like, what are those EU okay. targets and goals? Um, it's all this right. build back better, like... Uh, green economy type stuff and like social spending type stuff. Like they have to shift their economy. They have to shift their lifestyles and stuff to meet these targets in order to get more of the money. And so that's why I think that spending bill was to help them shift to meet, to get more money from the EU. So, yeah, it makes sense. Says in in total, it, Italy is due to get 122 billion in loans and 68 billion in grants for activities to be implemented up to 2026 after its national plan for the money was signed off last month. The Italian government has allocated 30 billion dollars to research and education. Um, research roughly getting 11 billion and education getting 19. With the research plans, it. We'll use about $1.6 billion for fund for research and innovation in infrastructure and $1.3 billion to set up and strengthen innovation ecosystems for sustainability. 
says partnerships involving universities, research centers, and companies and funding for basic research will get a total of $966 million, while $720 million will go to creating national research and development leaders. Uh, goes on to say the EU economy commissioner said the measures in Italy's plan for reforms and investment in areas include renewable energy and digitalization and will modernize the country and create new opportunities. Does that not sound build back better enough for you? Yeah, no joke. That sounds like a freaking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it sounds like um, it sounds like they're signing, definitely signing a pact with the devil here. Yeah, right, right, right. And as they're trying to push all nations. Yeah. And, you know, I think exact, especially after COVID, you know, I think that Italy is one of the forerunners. It's one of the ones that's like, hey, let's let's see how this goes first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in a position where they have to do this or else type scenario. It's like, let's right. see where this goes because they don't really have any other options because they've been right. hit so yeah. hard for this. And that's why I think they're yeah. really trying to push hard on Italy in this. Be and that's why they probably sent the the global bank guy in the first place was like, you know, this is a good place to start. I mean, they are yeah. a big chunk of the EU. They are a big economy. They do have a pretty shitty infrastructure, and they got yeah. hit pretty hard. So this would be a great start, starting point, uh, like a, a testing site in Europe for, for all this stuff to kick off. Yeah. No, it sounds like a freaking nightmare if you're <laughs> Italian. So, yeah. So, so this is, this is that, that payment plan here. It's called the Next Generation EU. That's the name of the plan. Okay. This is Next Generation EU. This is more than a recovery plan. What does that sound like they're saying? Build back better. Yes. We're not going to recover. We're going to recover so much harder. Um, mm -hmm. It says it, it is once a once-in-a-lifetime chance to emerge stronger from the pandemic. This sounds like it sounds like a... Um, like selling, uh, oh, what are those properties where you, like timeshare. It sounds like a timeshare. Oh, like, oh timeshare, okay. Yeah, it sounds like we're sitting through a, a timeshare like speech here. It's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to emerge stronger from the pandemic, transform our economies, and create opportunities and jobs for the Europe where we want to live. We have everything to make this happen. We have the vision, we have the plan, and we have agreed to invest together Eighty eight hundred and six billion dollars. I think that's like upwards of like three trillion dollars now. I think that's increased. Yeah. Says it's the largest stimulus package ever. The EU's long term budget coupled with next generation EU or NGEU, the temporary instrument designed to boost the recovery, will be the largest stimulus package ever financed in Europe. A total of two point one eight trillion in current prices will help rebuild a post COVID Europe. It will be greener, more digital, and more resilient Europe. Sounds great, right? It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a freaking Al Gore plan. <laughs> yeah, right? So so greener, more digital, which that just sounds like they're going, going to implant us yeah. with shit, and uh, more right. resilient. It says the new long-term budget will increase flexibility mechanisms to guarantee it has capacity to address unforeseen needs. It is a budget fit not only for today's realities, but also for tomorrow's uncertainties. I feel like Klaus Schwab wrote this whole whole thing up. Yeah, no, right? So what was this one from? This is from EC Europa. Um, 
let me scroll down because there is there is a couple things here. So it talks okay. about the elements in the agreements. Uh, more than 50% of the amount will support modernization, for example, through research and innovation uh, through Horizon Europe. So it's not just any research and development. It sounds like you have to specifically use the EU's research and development, this Horizon Europe, whatever the fuck that is. Right. Fair climate and digital transitions through the Just Transition Fund and Digital Europa program. Again, another pro, like the country doesn't get to specify how they are transitioning and how they are implementing. There, There's already like positions put in place that they have to use, like EU structures out there that they have to use. Preparedness, recovery, and resilience through the Recovery and Resilience Facility. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. this is terrifying to me. Yeah. No, it sounds like they're setting it up for, like you said, kind of like a blueprint for the rest of the world. Right. right? Build back better. Hey, see how Italy's doing it? This is how we want to spread it throughout the rest of Europe right. and hopefully America someday. Yeah, but again, you don't get to like benefit your own economy through your own oh. like resources. We have the resources in place for you to use. You just have to use them if right. you want this money. Yeah, because... Because it's not about your country. It's about the global initiative, right? Oh, listen to this one when it comes to global initiative. In addition, the package pays attention to modernizing traditional policies such as cohesion and common agricultural policy to maximize maximize their contribution to the union's priorities. Yeah. So give up your sovereignty for the good of the world, right? Yeah, yeah, they're specifically talking about agriculture here. Agriculture policies maximizing their contribution to uni- the union's priority. So the union, the EU, gets to determine what's priority when it comes to your agriculture. That's how we saw in, um, what was that, Holland, where they they went hardcore against the farmers. Was that where it was? Yeah. Then the farmers... Um... It was um, the Netherlands, I believe. Was it the Netherlands? One of those. Some, yeah. Somewhere up yeah. there. Um, yeah. Where they had to hardcore, like, restructure the agriculture there, which that is primarily an agricultural right. country. And they had to, like, cut, yes. like, 60% of the emissions or something, which was, like, yes. ba- and they basically were telling some farmers that they have to cut, like, 70% of their production. Probably. Yeah. In the, to, yeah. Or the farmers rioted against them. Yeah, yeah, and they sprayed, like, manure all over the government buildings and shit. But that, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like, you you don't have a say in your, your ag policies. It has to meet union priorities. Like, we have—we prioritize what you should and shouldn't do based on what we think is right for your country. <clears throat> says, right. fight climate change with 30% of the EU funds, the highest share ever on the European budget— and then bio hmm. biodiversity protection and gender equality; those are all in this fund. Yeah, so, because gender equality hmm. saves the earth, right? Obviously, and it saves economies and all that stuff. So, um, so that's that's this whole um, this whole post COVID relief package that that they're fighting for, and this is one of the things that is in um, that is probably on the chopping block if if this globalist leader decides to step down and let the fascist or the the nationalist leader take over you think yep. do you think that uh, Mussolini chick is going to be on board with uh with uh union priorities to agriculture 
No, not at all. <laughs> I, I think she'll probably just be like, you know, fuck your union. Um, and, yeah. And then she would nationalize agriculture. And <laughs> Right. So, so that's what we're talking about here is that's why I think, like, there's so much more to this than just two prime ministers deciding to step down. There is, like, right. this agenda that is being pushed, and one of them supports it. One of them does not. One of them is pro-union. One of them is clearly not pro-union because of Brexit. And so it's just like, you know what? You got This guy's got to go. This guy clearly has to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, they're working their way through the EU right now. Right. And uh, uh, obviously a pro-prime minister, a pro-union prime minister like um, Super Mario can't be allowed to step down. And again, once again, I don't think his his actual goal was to step down. I think it was just to hold that bill hostage and be like, you know what? If you don't pass this super EU spending bill, then we're going to let the fascists take over. I think that's more of what it was, yeah. just to kind of manipulate the 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 system more than to get people to be like kind of the never Trumper type scenario, like never fascism. We'll vote anything in that you say. We'll bow to you. We'll cater to whatever you say, as long as you don't let the fascists take over, because that yeah. would obviously bad be bad. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, do you know who else is really big into Italy and this uh, this COVID relief package? Is it Obama? <laughs> well, no. Uh, the World Economic Forum was like. Back in 2021, it was like, this article from the WF says, how Italy is creating the markets of tomorrow. That's how Mm. big they are into this thing. Like, the WF is praising it, basically saying that, you know, Italy's been kind of lagging behind anyway, so this would be a great spot for them. This will put them to, like, number seven in the world economy if we do this. So, you know, if the WF is on board with pushing this shit on... um, Italy, then it's probably going to go through, and it's probably pretty sinister. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, so that's why I mean, where I'm about done. That's pretty much why I think that, like Super Mario, is a crisis for saying he's stepping down, and yeah. I think Boris Johnson was a step in the right direction for the the EU because, like, like you said, I I do think that. Britain's probably going to jump back on at least the agenda part of the no. the EU. Um, yeah. But I, I, you brought up, one of us brought up the fact that the whole populism thing, and I said I was going to save that for the, towards the end. Yes. You were, yeah, you said that. Well, like Trump was a diehard populist. Right, uh, right, right. Boris Johnson was a populist. They, they played on this like... Uh, Little guy versus the elitist type, even though Trump yeah. was the elite, even though, I don't know, right. Boris Johnson's probably an elitist, too. Um, yeah. But, this but it, whole- sounded like the, it sounded like it was that the elitists were kind of against both of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they were against them because they were populists, and it kind of pegs the working class versus the elitist, the, the people, like, versus this, like, sinister uh, elite world system and obviously we can't have that as a globalist like a global agenda can't have this populist movement because that goes specifically against what they're pushing for right um 
this ta- this article from the Hill specifically talks about um, that Mario Draghi pulling Europe away from populism. So I th- again another reason to uh, keep this guy in office. He is like anti-populist movement. He his one government system pulled them away from populism, pulled the far left out of their anti-establishment mindset, pulled some of the right away from their right-wing populism. This guy was, this from The Hill, it says, um, this is from a long time ago, but it, it, it was when he first got elected. It says, assessing the new Italian government led by former central bank president Mario Draghi, many analysts miss an essential point. The focus, of course, should be Italy, its issues and the crisis Draghi will face, starting with the pandemic. But the chances are high that his leadership will have an impact well beyond Italy, dramatically changing politics and economics across Europe. Mm. So they want this guy to be the shining example of, like, anti-populism, like the move away from populism. Right. Like, Like they're Biden. Yeah, basically. And then you had Boris Johnson, who was... A hardcore populist, like people versus the elites. That's like what he ran on. Like the whole Brexit thing was a populist movement. The whole, right? like Trump's whole pull out of the, whatever, the Paris Agreement. That was a mm-hmm. popular, or like the anti-immigration laws and stuff. That was all, right? He, I mean, he was elected on populism. That's what it was. The, yeah. the, um, drain the swamp was a populist statement. And uh, we can't have those kind of sentiments when we're pushing for the great reset or like a global agenda agenda, we can't have this populist mindset like, Oh, the big bad guys are out to get us because in reality, those big bad guys are out to get us and they don't want you pushing against them because that would be detrimental to that agenda. So populism is kind of a threat to globalism. So you've got Boris Johnson, hardcore populist on one side that they say, get the fuck out. Uh, Super right. Mario, that's like pulling Europe, they're, they're touting, could possibly pull all of Europe away from populism. Obviously, they need to keep this guy in. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Makes sense. I mean, it tilts the scales when you got everybody leaning a certain way. Yeah. And obviously, you can't leave it up in the hands of the people either. Like, you no, got both these no, guys getting kicked out of office and the. The common denominator, yeah, they're two totally different situations. The common denominator is neither side is willing to allow it to go to the hands of the voters because obviously that could lead to fascism or or something like that or that the loss of power, their control and, and shit. So um, yep. anything that they can do to keep it out of the hands of the voters, they're going to do it because that would— yeah, I mean, that that just leaves it open to, like, another Donald Trump or somebody getting elected. That's what happens right. when you leave it up to the voters. If we leave this—I uh, mean, back to that Time article we read last year about democracy being at stake, like, democracy being too fragile to leave in the hands of, like, fully up to the voters. Right. Yeah. You get another Donald Trump elected when you do. Yeah, absolutely. So you said— you, we're about out of time. You said you had a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I did. Well, well first of all, let me ask you. So um, when we were talking about this, I mean, there were there were several leaders that were stepping down. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there was Belgium. Uh, there was um, let's see. There was. 
Oh, I think they talked about Spain. Um, I couldn't find Spain. Israel was one of them. And Israel's was because they made some, the prime minister made some, like, moves towards, like, pro-Palestinian moves. And they're like, no, fuck that. Get out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I couldn't even, like, put Israel into this episode because they're such outliers in their, like, why they're, government does what it does like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't fit on any playing field like they're just like you know right. we don't want to be pro-palestinian we want to be freaking racist and that and everybody in the world's fine with that anywhere else anywhere else that would be grounds for dismissal for being like hardcore um nationalist right. oh, like does it get any more nationalist than israel when it comes to yeah. palestinian relations right. yeah no, Israel kind of takes the cake. I mean, when you think about how everybody has to do military service, um, just like the, the how it's kind of imprinted on them all. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, Israel is kind of the standard for nationalism. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, so this, this theory I heard, and it's out there. Okay, so take it for what it is. I like out there. Okay. So this is uh, one I had heard that I saw a video on and read an article about about uh, when they turned on the CERN, okay? <laughs> Obviously. You like this so far? Obviously, CERN has to be involved. Fucking Absolutely. CERN. Yes. So it, it shifted reality to the where it, we, we are now in a reality where the elites are, are no longer in power, no. where, where the, the, the system is falling down around them. And hence the uh, these nationalistic leaders are, are 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 taking a fall now as the people kind of take charge again. No, I don't buy no? it. I don't believe it. it. I, okay. I, okay, I'm not optimistic well, and, enough and for it that. Started, it started with the lightning bolts on the Georgia guidestones. Oh, you think and so? So that was that that was the, the that was the turning point in this whole reality that we are now in. Okay. Right. And so the the elites are, are are quickly losing their their hold on reality. Is that your theory or did you read that somewhere? I read that somewhere. That's uh, not my theory. What's your take on it? My take on it is that um we're coming up on the 2030 uh um um benchmark mm-hmm. and they need to get the right people in place. Yeah, they need a major shift. They they need things to fall into place. And if they don't have the right people that can do that, then they're going to put the right people in place. Well, we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, and in the last couple weeks, we talked about how every few years, like, economies get shaken up. The snow globe gets shaken up. We talk about that. Like, 2016, I was, like, looking up uh, world leader resignations, and the last big Mm -hmm. one, like, Kind of like this was 2016, like 10 world leaders resigned. And it's like a lot, oh, of, really? a lot of big things happen around like Trump was elected in 2016. Um, yeah. So a lot of a lot of shit happened around that time. And I, that time. I feel like every now and then they just feel like they need economic shifts. And that's also requires like shift in leadership. And in order yeah. to further certain agendas, they have to, like you said, get the right people in line. Um, and your conspiracy talked about talked about how the people are kind of uprising, the people are taking over. Well, the only the only time you see in countries where the people are uprising are 
like I said, is when they're pushed to do it by some outside force that's like, you know, that government's got to go. Like, Vladimir Putin needs to go, so let's send in these NGOs to get the people all worked up and pissed off to overthrow this guy so we can put in our own guy. It's never... Right. It's never... The only time I would say that the people uprose and the person that they wanted to be put there remained there was cuba was about about the only real major example um i mean that didn't turn out great for them either but the united states hated that it was the bane of their fucking existence cuba was like so far against the the global Mm -hmm. order and we did everything we could for decades to try to overturn that and we're i mean it's shit in 2001 i think it was um when we started putting people as the members of the axis of power uh, or axis of evil you remember that yeah george bush's axis of evil they they included uh fidel castro in that even like 50 years after 40 years after uh fidel castro took over they're still one of the axes axes of evil just because that was an example of, you know, the people don't like this um, global-backed guy, and they uprose and they overthrew him, and they're like, you know, this guy's kind of cool. Let's put him in. Yeah, um, communism sucked for them. Right. But that's probably one of very few examples where the people, like, had, like, power to the people, like we were talking before, like... um the people uprose and the people then replaced the government with one of their own. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can think of any other examples, but for the most part, when the people uprise, we come in or a superpower comes in and hand selects the leader to replace that person to balance power back to where it benefits us. There's no organic like revolutions anymore where, it's left up to the people. They overthrow and then they they just replace. It, it just doesn't happen. Oh, Look at you. That you saw that with the Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was complete. They said, "Oh well, this is grassroots." Well, no, it came from social media. Social media is the one that pushed it, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. I mean, every time you see something like this, you have to wonder. Be like, okay, you know, and we know they want to protect the the democracy from the people. So yeah, absolutely. It, it I mean it's all all manipulated. So yeah, that's I mean it's all part of a plan to like shift this to where we want it to be, put the leaders like you were saying, the chess pieces in place to make this right benefit like like they said the priorities of the union or the priorities of what the global structure, the gl- global yeah. corporation, whatever you want to call it, um is to put those those people that are willing, those leaders like Joe Biden that are willing to, you know, we don't need to be that sovereign if we like all play nice together and we can like change the world together. We can give up a little bit here. We can um right. <laughs> like we can uh, send some of our oil to uh to Europe or China because even though our gas prices are through the roof, it's fine. That's that's okay. Right. Yeah. So the the yeah final note i got to this is is this tweet from in response to all these world leaders resigning this tweet is from lauren bobert who is also considered a uh what did i call him firebrand she mm. she's a conservative firebrand yes. lauren bobert of Def- representative from colorado 
Um, she said about the world leaders resigning. She said, so many world leaders resigning this week, yet Biden can't take the hint. <laughs> yeah. Again, he's one yeah. of those that aligns, though, with the global structure, with the build back better, mm-hmm. with the great reset mindset, with the um, like one world economy type mindset. So they're not going to allow yeah. him to get taken out or resign. He's going to be I, I, I can't put him up there with Itali- with Italy's Super Mario because he hasn't done anything to save the EU, which it makes you wonder. Right. It makes you wonder. Did him saving the euro have anything to do with them deciding to offer them all these billions and billions of dollars in recovery? Probably. Like, and you know, you helped us out. We're going to help you out now. It's like, here, have a yeah. have $800 billion or $400 billion in, uh, in quote-unquote, relief because you, you bailed us out. Right. You, you saved us. So, yeah. But, but, but I mean, you know that money's been shuffled through, you know, um, freaking the NED, Planned Parenthood, uh, freaking American Cross. I mean, whatever you can think of, it's been shuffled through. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, the aid doesn't ever seem to go where to aid the actual people. Um, yeah, absolutely. It makes you wonder. I want, I want to see how well the working class, because the working class is, is shit in Italy. Like they have such a, an economic gap in Italy. Like the percentage of people living under the poverty zone in Italy is so extreme compared to like here. So I want to study this by 2026 when all this funding is supposed to be spent and done. I want to go look at the uh, poverty line there in Italy and see if it's actually come up or see if uh, that, that wage gap has, uh, increased even further because that's just what it seems to do when you're throwing billions of dollars out of government to spend on the people. It doesn't usually get spent. And and my guess is that you're going to see that trend go upwards in all those countries that have more of a, a a communal um, collective um, mindset, you know, because that that's what they're going to use to try to shape the world is like, Hey, we're better when we come together, mm-hmm. right? We're better when we look out for each other. And, th- and that, you know, with, from the pandemic to freaking, um, you know, the changes going on right now, that's what they're pushing for. So they want people in place. That's going to push that narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's the media they're going to push because they mm-hmm. want people to seek that out. Right. Yeah. They, right. <laughs> yeah. They, it's just, it's it's telling to me because again we're all having the same economic crisis, but in some countries that don't play nice with the agenda, those economic problems fall on that leader and they need to get out. In other countries, like say Italy or here in the United States, where we kind of fall in line with that agenda, it's like well. Well, obvious, like, how many times have you heard, it's not on the president, it's not the president's fault that we're in the economic situation we're in, it's the war in Russia, or it's COVID-19, or uh, what have you, it's all these things, but it's not Biden's fault, but there in the EU, that was one of the top five reasons why he needs to resign, is because of the economic failures there in Great Britain, it's just like, it's just telling to me where the direction they're trying to push this, when in one hand, that leader needs to go. Like, 
for example, look at freaking Sri Lanka. I mean, same economic problems, only magnified to 60% from the 9.1 inflation that we're at. But obviously, inflation there was the president's fault or the prime minister's fault or whoever's fault. But here, it's Russia's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's just, I wonder who Sri Lanka pissed off in the global order in order to get pushed out the way he did, the same way as um, uh, Brexit Boris Johnson. Yeah, no, I imagine it's a long list when you you think about it. I Mm. mean, again, that... I feel like there's this this end date in place, and they're going to be making changes where where they need to, and uh, you know Italy's one of them, and you know Britain because of the whole Brexit thing, and you know I, I'm sure if the elections don't go the way they want in the United States here, then you know there's going to be major changes here as well. Well, they're going to ensure elections go the right way that they want it to. They're not going to give up a Donald Trump again. I mean, no, that'll never happen again. Look at all the voter reforms they're trying to push through all the. Well, in order to save democracy, we can't allow this to possibly happen ever again. So we propose this or pack the Supreme Court or, you know, all these. Yeah. All these things that they're putting in place to ensure that a populist movement doesn't happen here in the United States again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I was watching when I was flipping through the channels the other day and on C-SPAN and they're sitting there arguing about the expansion of the Supreme Court. Mm. So we, we will never see another another Trump-esque moment in American history because of all the, the voting reforms they've made. You know, they, they can't risk it. They right. can't allow that that kind of threat against democracy. Mm-hmm. Just like probably Britain will never see a Boris Johnson type Brexit anti anti global type leader to ever exist again either. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it almost makes you think proved it. It almost makes you think they, they allow those kind of shittier people like Donald Trump type people to because we get a little too cozy, so they I mean I'm one that says nobody's going to be president that the puppet masters don't allow to be. So I feel like they allow some of these like shitty people to be there so they can be like, you don't want that again. Just like Italy had their Mussolini. So they have a shiny example. They don't need a Trump or a Johnson to come in and fuck things up and uh, to point back at they have Mussolini to be like, you don't want freaking female Mussolini to come in, do you? And I mean, they already have the example. They don't have to do that. But um, yeah, Britain, now they can be like, well, you don't want another Boris Johnson, do you? Uh, you don't want another Donald Trump, do you? Like, like they got to throw yeah. in, like, to shake it up just a little bit to be like, well, now we got to fix this. We got to put this all back together. And that always ends up yeah. pushing us towards their, <laughs> their agenda. <laughs> Typically, I agree with that. I, I still think that that Trump was completely unexpected. You think that so? It, oh, I do. I do. I, 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 I really thought that they felt like they could play the system where they could, you know, they would, they because they made Trump look so good during the, Repu- the primaries. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, when he became the opponent of Hillary, they all of a sudden turned this channel to make it look like he was the bad guy. And he still got elected in. And I, I don't think they expected that. And they I think that threw them off. And that's why 
they're rigging the system now. That's why they're trying to make all these voter ID, these voter laws, mm -hmm. you know, in different mm -hmm. states because they can't allow something like that to happen again. I feel like that, you know, I'm not a Trump fan, but I do feel like that set their agenda back probably about 10 years. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, it'll never happen again. Um, no, it won't. They'll make sure of that. I'm waiting for uh, the first, like, um, intervention, like, uh, international intervention of U.S. <laughs> elections. Like, like we intervene right. in smaller countries. I'm yeah. waiting for that to happen here. So, right, absolutely. The U.N.'s got to come in and regulate things, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. So... We do got to get yeah. out of here. This went way longer than I thought it would because it always does. Um, yes. Again, I, I think all of this, I don't think any of this is a shock to me. Like none of these resignations, no. like you hear of like, like I said, if Mark Zuckerberg were to resign to be like, oh shit, something's going on. Like when uh, yeah. uh, Jack Dorsey resigned the day that, uh, <laughs> uh, what's her nuts? Um, God, what's her name? The Epstein chick. Oh, yeah, yeah, Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell went on trial the same day Jack Dorsey quit. We're like, oh, my God, what, what does this implicate him in? And it's just like a major shock. Neither of these are really major shocks, like how they went down. Just if you look at it in the grand scheme of, like, what is the ultimate agenda here? And we got to align these people with an agenda. Again, I don't think Italy's prime minister is going anywhere. He's not going to. Yeah. I don't think he ever intended to go anywhere. I think he just wants to, like I said, hold his country hostage and say, you don't want Mussolini in here. You better start voting for my shit because um, I'll just hand it over to them. Like, hands down, I'll, I'll yeah. just give it to them. And um, then Boris Johnson just was against the system, and they're like, you know what? You got to go. Get the fuck out. So... Yeah. Do, do you feel like the assassination of the uh, the Japanese prime minister or former prime minister, do you feel like that's a part of this? I didn't really or get into like... that. I don't know enough about him to really get into that. I didn't have time. Okay. So okay. do you know okay. anything about that? No, I don't. That's why I was asking. I feel it probably, there's probably something there. Just like I feel, yeah. like, did you see... China is getting completely shook up their economy right now. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, I saw the whole thing about. I think you sent me about the whole mortgage thing. Where yeah, they, people are just people are refusing like, to pay mortgages, which will yeah. will upend China's economy. And I feel like that's probably not organic either. I feel like that no, is right. somebody somebody like whispered in somebody's ear. It's like you know, if enough of you don't pay this, what the fuck are they going to do about it? And they're like, right. that's a good idea. So um, something right. something is coming. I don't know what it is. I know it's not it's not a good thing. Something is about yeah. to take place and all of this ties together. All of these leaders being shaken up, assassinated, <laughs> stepping down, replaced, whatever. It's all connected. It's all tied to this big agenda. And yeah. Where that goes, we can only only speculate, but it probably has something to do right. with great reset in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. And again, uh Make a mental note of that. <clears throat> uh, what was her name that I said was going to Penny Mordaunt when she becomes the next prime yeah. uh, prime minister of Britain? Because she was she's one that they're like out of nowhere. This chick just popped up. She has no yeah. um, governmental background. She's like a military background. She does no experience, but she's going to be like Obama of 
of Great Britain. It's going to be like, where'd this guy, where'd this person come from? And then all of a sudden they're like in office. It's like that person will never be the next president. And all of a sudden they are. So I am, uh, I'm staking my bets on Penny Mordaunt being, Mordaunt being the next prime minister of Great Britain. So, uh, write that down. It's noted. It's noted. Okay. I'll remind you tomorrow when you're less drunk. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. We got to get out of here. We are over time. Um, this has been interesting, mostly because you're not here. Um, and <laughs> thank you, Drunk Bill, for being on the show first time. Well, sure. maybe not the yeah. first time. I, I don't know. I'll have to watch the show later to see what I actually talked about. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, Sorry I had to pull you away from your vacation. Um, no, man, it's good. It was enjoyable. Go get your drink on. Make sure you guys check us out all over social media. It is uh, getting harder to spread the word around now that we're kicked off YouTube, but we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to find new ways to do it. So share this all over. Make this bigger and better so we can keep doing the things that we like to do. We can keep exposing the bullshit that's going on because it's scary. Like, all this stuff, like is troubling to me. Like when when you just see so many things aligning with this agenda that we want nothing to do yeah. with, it's troubling to me. So the more we can expose, I guess maybe we can make a little bit of difference out there. So share the yes. shit all over social media, just to say that. And because we like you and you like us. Uh, We're going to get out of here. Have a great rest of your week. Make sure you check us out next week, same time, same channel, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time next Monday night. Um... No weekend wrap-up again this week because it's still July and we're still not doing the weekend wrap-up in July. So, uh, But we will be back in August for that. Um, have a great rest of your week, though. Bill, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Go get your drink on. Thank you. you enjoy your vacation. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you All later. Right. Goodbye. Peace. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zielinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes And as always, never stop talking.